Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. So this summer, we're going to be spending the summer going through the book of 1 Peter. And I already already got you there this morning. So if you're not there, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter. And to be really clear, we're actually not going to read hardly anything out of it this week because we're going to spend lots of weeks doing that together. But I want you to open up to it because I want you for you to begin to get yourself focused on where we're going as a community of faith together. And so we're going to take a few minutes here, and we're actually, we had a panel going this morning because we've got an incredible teaching team for the summer that's going to be leading us through this time. Pastor Jason, myself, Daryl is going to be speaking, and then we've got Trey and Marcy, if we can get them out of the hospital and hanging out with us. I mean, I know it's fun there, but we would rather have them here. Uh, But they're going to be communicating as well, and we're going to be taking some time this summer to unpack the chapters of... First Peter. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to set a foundation for you. We want to give you the context of, of where this came from and why it's important for us. What, what was happening in this space that Peter was writing in for us as the church to get our hearts wrapped around? So, so Jason and Daryl are going to kind of help us understand some of that this morning. And I really want you to listen because it's going to set your heart up for receiving what God wants to speak to you through these next weeks that we're together as a church family. We're going to be taking one chapter a week kind of throughout the summer. So I'm just preparing you for that right now. This week, you guys, we're challenging to read 1 Peter chapter 1, and I want to encourage you to do it every day. Daryl's already done the work. It takes exactly 4 minutes and 12 seconds to read chapter 1 of 1 Peter. Okay, And so I want to encourage you, take some time. If, if you don't love the reading component of it, there's this amazing thing in the Bible app where you hit the play button, and it'll just read it to you. I know, it's crazy, but you can do it. And so this is what we're inviting you to this week. So Jason's going to start out just by giving us kind of a start here into the space of First Peter. And then Daryl's going to get us the, the deep theological thoughts that we're going to dive into here a little bit. <laughs> And then we're going to break into no some pressure. of the chapters and go from there. Yeah, no pressure, buddy. You got this. He's been working out all week, so he's, he's ready for this. So Jason, kind of lead us into this. Give us the context a little bit. What's cool is, uh, so the way that we're going through this book, the, the word is exegetical. And what it really means is to walk through it kind of verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And so that's really, that's what we're doing. Um, well, there's, there's something that um, context, Pastor Tim mentioned, it really, really helps us as we read cha- uh, books in the Bible. Because I, 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 you might have realized this already, but the Bible is not actually written to you as the audience. <laughs> the Bible was written to people who lived in those times. Now, is the Word of God alive and active? And yes, absolutely. So I'm not. I'm not, not saying throw it away. But I am saying the context of who the audience was that what is actually written to helps us to understand what was going on around it. So obviously, this is called First Peter. This is the first of two books that Peter, Apostle Peter, wrote. Right, and this was um, the man who was the fisherman that was um, called by Jesus, and his name was changed to Peter when 
when he made the declaration um, about Christ and, and God gave him a new identity. This book was written in about 62 to 65 AD, very, very soon from the time that Jesus ascended back up to heaven, right? And so what was happening is the church was beginning to face persecution from the authorities around those who followed Christ or followed the way. And so what you saw is you saw a church that was scattered. You saw a church where they'd all gone off to different places and they were now trying to, for lack of a better words, uh, hide and just kind of maintain and learn what living in this Christian life in the middle of suffering and in the middle of oppression looked like. And it's in this that Peter took this opportunity and he wrote to encourage Christians who were suffering and facing persecution. And what I like about this is that it's a general, uh, it's a general book in the sense that it applies to everyone who would call themselves a Christian, a follower of Jesus, who faces all kinds of suffering and persecution. Which means that the words that we are going to read out of 1 Peter are as applicable to you today as they were to the people who read them when the letter was written, right? And this is the power of what was happening. It was written to show Christians the hope of the glory that lies ahead. Peter was writing and he was saying, listen, I know that things are tough. I know that things are weird. I know that for some of you, you are hiding for your life. But he says, even in that you can choose to have a hope of a glory that is untouched by the world. He was really challenging the people to say, listen, I want you to wrap your faith, your identity, everything you are around something that the world cannot touch. And that is a hope of a glory that comes. The key verses uh, that, that kind of summarize it are uh, chapter four, verses 12 and 13. I'll just read this really quick. It says this, this is, this is the crux of the entire book right here. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. <laughs> don't be surprised. Instead, be very glad. This is going to be really fun to walk through. Yeah, when you're going through trials, be glad. Wonderful. Thank you, Peter. Uh, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Powerful, powerful stuff as we look at the context of this book and why he wrote it. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is uh, it's, it's your best life now. Is that, is that about right? No, not at all. No, it's, it's, Opposite. It's, written, it's written to suffering people by a guy who's well acquainted with suffering. Uh, who are trying to follow the Savior of the world who suffered to save the world. Right. And, and, and so that's really the backdrop, but it's not the point. The point of the book is not suffering. The right. point of the book is we have hope. That's right. We have hope in Jesus and because of who he is. And so there's, uh, there's an interesting thing. The, the world, when, they, when the world deals with suffering, external circumstances that come that cause pain, that cause trial, that cause difficulty, they don't have anything internally to cope with it. Right. And so they're reaching, they're grasping. I'm going to try this. I'm going to party. I'm going to get drunk. I mean, I'm going to do drugs. This is why people are doing these things. It's not because they wake up and say, you know, I really want to look like an addict tomorrow. They're trying to cope with the suffering in the world that we live in, which is real. It's, it's stuff. And you know what? It happens to Christians too. We go through suffering situations. Now, we live in the United States of America. And I got to tell you guys, we have a pretty toned down perspective on suffering compared to a lot of places in the world. We're, the, we're one of the richest countries in the world. We live in uh, <laughs> not uh, the opposite. What's the opposite of abject poverty? Abject uh, opulence. <laughs> we're just, we have too much. 
and, and in a way, uh, it causes other kinds of sufferings. But, uh, so it doesn't feel like suffering all the time, but really the world is filled with suffering. And so what Peter's trying to, to get at throughout this epistle is we have something inside of us that God has given called hope that gives us the drive, the motivation to continue pressing forward for the glory of God. And so there's a lot of contrasting, lots of comparisons. Oh, here's how the world deals with suffering, and here's how we're supposed to deal with suffering. Uh, and, and he's very systematic. I love it. Because he, he's like, right at the beginning, he starts out, and he's like, hey, here's, here's the hope of heaven. But then he brings, hey, yeah, there's suffering in our relationships. There's suffering in our communities, and there's suffering even within the church. There's room for suffering. But God has a better way for us to cope and to deal with that. That's huge. You know, my wife and I were talking last night. We were driving down to go meet Trey and Marcy. And, and we were just talking about this reality um, in our life and in the world that we live in, how, um, how good we are at trying to avoid pain at all costs. <laughs> Anybody with me on that one? Yeah. Uh, there's just this reality in us. And the challenge with that for us as followers of Christ is that Jesus actually said, hey, there's going to be some challenge to this journey. It's going to be hard for lack of a better term. I know a lot of you are looking, but this sounds like a really encouraging series, you guys. We're like so glad we came to church this morning. No, but, but, but what I want to draw your heart to is as the body of Christ, we have, you have something to offer to the world that you're living in. Because right now our world has nothing to offer. It has stuff and lots of people, just like Daryl was talking, are trying to find contentment in their stuff. But what they're finding right now is that stuff just doesn't meet the need, the ache of our heart. And so as we walk through this journey together, we're going to look at these places of hope and how we get to impact them as the body of Christ with a different mindset with a different approach. And we've been talking about this for some time, right? The metanoia, the changing of the way that we think. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. God comes in and he transforms or renews our mind. So what we would typically go, ooh, I don't want to have any part of that. That looks painful. There's something that happens inside of us as we begin to follow Jesus, our leader, and we begin to look at hardship, difficulty, pain in a totally different way. In fact, I've got 37 people, 36 people, that are going with me to Mexico this summer that are going to live in some discomfort because they've seen the reality of we can go make a difference. They've seen something beyond themselves. And I, I just want to call your heart to this this morning. There is something beyond you that God wants to do to help others see the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And he put you in those circumstances of your life so that others get to watch you. How you deal with difficulty and pain. How you deal with disappointment and sorrow. How you deal with those spaces is teaching the people around you about what the kingdom of God looks like. And so church, I just want to invite you wholeheartedly into this place to see this beautiful hope that we have in the person of Jesus Christ who went through ridiculous amounts of pain and suffering so that you and I could experience hope. And he invites us to partner. I love how that's said in the script. To partner with Christ in suffering so that others can see the hope of the kingdom in us. Amen? And so we're going to look at five spaces. And the reason for that is, I know this is a shocker, there's five chapters. 
I know, crazy, right? And so we're going to look at five spaces of hope, and we're going to give you just a brief overview of what these weeks are going to look like as we jump into them. And I want to focus just for a moment on each one of these weeks so that you can begin to think in your mind and prepare your heart for what God wants to do in you as we journey through Scripture together as a church family. And I mean that very intentionally. We don't just come here on Sunday morning so that people can preach at us. We come here to learn from the Word of God and then take time to discuss it together and then learn how to apply it into our life as we go into the week, okay? You do not need to, I'm looking at every one of you that I can, you don't need to listen to another sermon. You don't. You are probably the most educated Christians on the planet. Okay, there might be some others that are a little bit. You guys have listened to thousands of sermons. My question for us, and then what we're going to dig into here is, how is it transforming the way that we live our lives? That's the question. And so as a church family, we don't want to just be hearers of the Word of God. We want to be those that take this and apply it into the relationships that we have, into our families, into our marriages, into the community that we're called to. And so that's what this journey is going to be all about for us. So Jason, talk to us about chapter one and what it's going to look like. Well, and I, I, before that too, I think one of the things that you're going to see is the theme for kind of our discussion times at the end of service is we're going to really uh, hone in on, on probably more or less a reoccurring question. And the reoccurring question is exactly what Pastor Tim was talking about. What is God speaking to you and what are you doing about it? And so when we come, you're going to have your week of reading through that particular chapter that, you know, we're talking through. You're going to have the message and the word that's being opened up to you. And then in our discussion times, you're going to bring what those things are that God has spoken to you out of that chapter that we're reading. And then the application. How's that actually changing your life? Because it is. It's one thing to hear something. It's another thing to say, and this is what I'm doing this week to actually adjust my life to align it with scripture and what I'm hearing. So be ready for that because that's going to kind of be the, the vein of our discussions. Week one, I'm really excited about, and this is where this is where we relate to scripture, and this is where scripture is really going to speak to us. We're going to be talking about a people of hope in the promise of heaven. A people of hope in the promise of heaven. Peter starts the entire book by putting out in front of God's people the promise of something that is not affected by the world and something that is so far superior and outside of anything that we can encounter here. And what Peter's doing is he's putting this in front of people so that they have this understanding that even though we live in suffering, even though we live in pain, even though we have to navigate the world that we're in, this is not home. And we can be a people of hope as we look towards our home. And so Peter lays this out beautifully and he talks about, and we're just going to read through scripture and talk about the beautiful thing, the price that Jesus paid with the precious blood that he shed so that we now can enter into that victorious glory of God in heaven. And so that's what's going to set the whole, the whole tone. Uh, he encourages us to, to focus on that and to, yes, you're going you're, you're gonna to face persecution and you're going to face all this stuff that, that's going to happen. And we're going to apply this to our lives because if there's one thing I recognize about our world and everything happening is that you are going to be persecuted, is it going to look like other countries? No. But are you going to walk through a persecution on your own because of what you stand for? Well, if you stand for something, yes, you will. 
And then we're going to learn what that means to not view, and we talked about this in in the, the last series, to not just view what's right in front of you, but to keep your eye on the glory of the kingdom and the promise of the hope to come, which is going to take you through all the situation. So we're going to set the tone with the series, starting with that. Come on, so that's chapter one. Be reading that this week, okay? Everybody, everybody got this? I'm, I'm trying, trying to, look, I'm trying to like really bring some conviction to you this morning by staring at you. Um, chapter one this week, get into it tomorrow morning. Uh, take, take that into your heart. Pastor Jason's going to be taking us there this next weekend. Let me, can I just chime in for one second? Please do. So here's the thing. When we come and we bring the word, yeah. Uh, we're going to have an incredible time with the Lord. We're going to dig into his word, yeah. and he's going to say something impactful to us, and you're going to get the leftovers. Mm. But you can go, and you can eat the main course with Jesus this week. Yeah, you can go open on. the word yourself so and meet with the Lord, so and he good. can give you the first that. main course all by yourself. Yeah. So uh, I just want to invite you. That's, like yeah. That's what God wants for you is not to come get the, the leftovers yeah. reheated from us on Sunday morning. Come but on. go get the main thing from the Lord. That is way. so good. That is so good. And we're done for the day. Thank you, everybody. for. <laughs> I love food analogies. Oh, come on now. It makes me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter two, we're going to look at the following week. And we're, this is the space that we're going to look at. And it's going to be a people of hope in our community. And I love how intentional both Peter built this and the Holy Spirit inspired him to go. Because this is what it looks like, right? It looks like we are reminded in chapter one about this hope that we have, this kingdom that we're a part of and how beautiful and wonderful it is. Oh yeah, and you're supposed to bring that to the community that's around you. Not go do your fun church services and hide in your whatever. No, 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 no. That's got to get out of you. Like in your community, there's got to be something different about our lives and the hope that we have than what people are experiencing around them. And chapter two leads us into this incredible place of saying, now take this hope that is in you to your community. Take it out. Don't, don't just hoard it for yourselves. Don't just be, you know, we, we talk about this all. Don't just be singing kumbaya and enjoying your time together as the church. Like those are wonderful. But, but if this hope doesn't get beyond the doors of your house or your church, then we have missed the whole point of the kingdom of God. And that's the exciting part about this is that, that it's not like the last thing that Peter talks about or the Holy Spirit inspired him to write about. This is right behind the reality of, of what hope lies inside of you. Now take it to the world. Take it to your community. It's, it's in how you live. It's in how you talk. It's in what your family does. It's where you put your possessions. All of those things speak to our community about this reality, this hope that lives inside of us. Put a smile on your face. No, really. Put a smile. Like, be reminded, man, we get to go to heaven and be with the Father. We get to experience the wonder of eternity. He's created a place for us to go and be with Him in His presence. If that doesn't put a smile on your face, you need to find another something to put your faith in. And I promise you ain't going to put a smile on your face. Come on, church, we got we to gotta live with this expectation, and this is what the context of the early church was. They lived with the expectation that there was a kingdom that they were a part of that was not a part of this world. It was different in every way. And so they had a joy when they were going through suffering that provided them an opportunity to bring hope to the world that they're in. And that's going to lead us into chapter 3. 
Jason, this one's a lot. Yeah, this this one is a lot. I want just to to set you up ahead of time. The chapter three is a people of hope in relationships. Already, that's like a can of worms. <laughs> it's like, how are we going to tackle that? What I would encourage you to do is is to come in. Pre- preparing that we to come in thinking and processing through the relationships in your life um, and specifically saying, okay, God, I want you to speak to this relationship, or I'm looking for the word of God to reveal something new about this relationship. Maybe you're in a season where your marriage is kind of on the rocks and you're working through some stuff. Be asking God, God, speak to me out of your word about my marriage. Maybe you have a coworker that you are about ready to just not like, um, (laughs) becoming and saying, God, speak to me out of your word about this relationship with them. Maybe it's a sibling, whatever it happens to be. Uh, maybe it's with a parent, right? Uh, Relationships with parents, whatever it may be, come with that in mind that week. And that will really help you to be able to, um, dissect and process everything that we're going to study that week. Week three, Jason and I are going to be teaching this one together because there's, there's just a lot to it. Um, and so we, we just want to really, as we look at the relationships of our life, and I, again, I love how Peter and the Holy Spirit built this out. Like set this centerpiece. If you, if you, you want to live in hope in your life, you're going to have to figure out this relational thing. This is really what Peter was saying and really what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. If you want to live with hope in your life, you're going you're to have to learn how to live in relationship with other people. And specifically, the ones you don't like so much. Like, you got to learn. You don't just get to walk away from that. Here's what we've actually built into the, the church, the body of Christ, is that it's okay just to, just to leave. If, if you just don't like people, just walk away. There's another church across the street. There's another one around the corner. Can I tell you, that is one of the most deadly things for the body of Christ. Because we have not learned how to walk in relationship even when we're frustrated with another. Even maybe when we don't necessarily agree. We have not learned. We've just made the out of, well, I'm, I'm just feeling led to go somewhere else. Well, you might be feeling led, but it's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit teaches us how to walk in relationship with one another. And if he's leading you into another place, it's out of a place of healthy relationship. You guys don't believe me. We're going to get into this space, church, because it's so important for us to understand. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm going to have to re-friend some people on Facebook. <laughs> Come on. And can, you, can you see what God is teaching us in community and relationship here? Like Some of you are like, man, we might have to skip that week. Don't be on vacation, people, on that week. This, these are important spaces for us as we learn how to live in biblical relationship and community together. And this is going to lead us into week four. The best chapter. The <laughs> chapter four, yeah, by far the best one. It's uh, a people of hope in the world. And as you guys are talking, I'm just reminded that, like, we, we think about hope. Uh, hope is a word that can become very uh, detached from reality. But the reality for us is that hope is a person, yeah. the person of Jesus Christ. And so when as we live and as we walk in the world, we're, we're supposed to bring that hope with us, that person of Jesus with us wherever we go inside of the world. And it's really powerful the way that Peter's going to contrast some things. He's like, yeah, this is how the world lives, and they're going to not like it when you're not like them. Uh, they really get rubbed the wrong way. So, uh, but do it anyways, because it's good. Here's the thing. Inside of each person, the Bible tells us that God has put inside of us the glory of God. 
in earthen vessels. And, and earthen vessels are fragile and they're weak and easily broken. But when we're in suffering and we're broken, what comes out of us? The glory of God that was hidden in there. And so this is what Peter's going to go into. He's going to, hey, let's, let's, if you're going to be broken anyways, may as well let the glory of God come out of you instead of all the filth of the world. So, so it's going to be a great time of just seeing uh, what God's put in us and how we can prepare ourselves to let that be what comes out of us in suffering. And how many of you guys are ready for week four? Yeah, it's good. Daryl's going to bring that one to us. And then week five, we're going to cap this off with Trey and Marcy. And they're going to be teaching us and walking with us through chapter five, which is a people of hope in the church. And it is not by mistake that the Holy Spirit put this at the end of this journey together. It is not a mistake that the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to put our connection relationship, how we walk together in the church, fellowship, and community in this order of space. It's not that it's not important. It's not that it's not critical. It's really the capstone of making all the rest of this walk together in a healthy way. So we're going to spend some time, and Trey Marcy are going to lead our hearts into this place of looking at what it means to be a people of hope in this community right here. How do we inspire one another to be reminded of what's in front of us? How do our conversations, our interactions with each other, our relationships with each other bring hope to each other in this journey? Because how many of you know, it's hard sometimes, people. And as we are in community together, as we're hanging out on Friday nights and eating food and having fun. I mean, you know, sometimes we need to have some conversations like, man, this has been brutal. And to have that brother or sister sitting alongside of you or across from you or throwing cornhole with you or whatever it is that says, yeah, but don't forget about the hope that's out in front of us. Don't forget. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but I forget. It is so easy to get our eyes fixed on on what's right in front of us, the pain, the difficulty, all of those things that we forget that there's this incredible hope that is out in front of us. And it doesn't mean that we ignore the present. Can I tell you that? That is not at all what we're talking about. It means that we learn how to process the present with the end in mind. And so church, we get to do that together. And as we go exegetically through scripture, and we're going to take you scripture by scripture. This is why we're encouraging you to read it every week because we're going to spend time in every week. And then when we break into our groups, we're going to spend time in every week because you know this, that the word of God, Jason said it earlier, is living and active. That means God has something he's going to speak to you every week for your growth and your health and your connection with the body of Christ. And so as this team gets the opportunity to to really lead in the conversation, we're inviting you to not just come and spectate, but participate. Have your hearts primed and ready, and and we'll let you know every week what you need to be reading. We'll, We'll encourage you in that as we're going. We'll shoot some reminders out to you. But be in the place where in this summer where we're gonna go through some scripture, and God's got some things that he wants to speak to us about community and relationship together. God has a plan church. God has a plan. He's got some things for you. He's got some things he wants to encourage you in. He's got some areas he wants to stretch you in. He's got some areas he wants to bring healing in. And how many of you know that's the work of the Holy Spirit constantly in our lives? And I'm so, so grateful for it as we look at what he's going to do in us this summer as we explore this time together. 
Well, and, and this has been something that I've had told to me multiple times throughout my life is that, um, you will get out of something what you get, you put into it. Right. So this summer has the potential to be summer. Go on vacation, kind of chill out, kind of just relax a little bit. And those are all great things. The problem is a lot of times relaxing goes into our spiritual growth in life. And that gets affected because as we're just relaxing and taking it easy, we compromise or we pull back a lot of those things. And what I would encourage you to do is to put into this with all expectation of what God wants to speak to you through it. It's something totally different when you come to these sort of settings here, when we have discussion, we look at the word together and you have expectation for it. It's a totally different thing than if you come in off a week of vacation and you haven't even thought about it once. Yes, relax. Yes, have fun. But let's all make a decision to continue to have spiritual growth in our life, right? Um, the, the other thing that, that is really huge and Pastor Tim um, alluded to this a little bit, is that the theme of this series is that it's a people of hope, not a person of hope. The idea is that we get to this summer and it's not just that each individual, like our individual lives are somehow better. We've had some sort of a, a revelation. No, the idea is that as a body, as a unit, as the family of God, that we come out of this summer going, we are encouraged to be a people of hope. And that happens through conversation and that help happens through, through all the times that we share together. But let's go into that knowing that, the, that what God is doing in you is going to affect everybody else when we gather together. When you're in your discussions, if you're wondering, should I share? Should I bring up the thing that God's been speaking to me this week? You absolutely should because God is going to use you to speak to the people in your group, in your discussion group, in a way that if you hadn't spoke up or you don't speak up, there might be something that's missed. So know that we are doing this together and we're working on this together. Um, as we, as I talked about a little bit before, expectations, the, the conversation for today is going to be around expectations. And the question that we're going to process is this, you can put it up, Amanda. The question is this, what is my expectation for spiritual growth this summer in the body of Christ? Meaning, what do I want to get out of First Peter? And how do I want to get that out of being together in the body of Christ? When we're gathering together in times, am I going to be looking for not only for the word to speak to you, but am I going to be looking for the people in my group to speak to that? right? Are you going to come with this expectation for the area of spiritual growth that God wants to have? So be thinking through it. And today, just maybe identify, you don't have to have a full thought. You might even be still processing it. But what are those things that you want to say, okay, Holy Spirit in me, through us together as we go on this journey, what do you want to grow in my spiritual life? right? And be thinking about it and write it down and have it in the front of you as we go through all of these weeks so that your spiritual life at the end of the summer can grow um, incredibly, right? We're going to just take a moment right here. I just feel like we need to just pause and just invite God um, to really uh, prepare our hearts for the work that he wants to do. You know, scripture teaches us that if seed falls on rough, hard, distracted ground, it doesn't bear any fruit. And I believe God wants to bear some incredible fruit in your heart and your life, in our community of faith together. 
that when we get to the end of the summer, we look back, we go, man, that was not a summer wasted. That was a summer invested. And that our hearts are just coming out of this with such beautiful momentum in what God wants to build. So I'm gonna, I want to pray over you and pray over us as a church, those of you that are joining us online, that, we, that our hearts would rise to the occasion in this moment. And I love what Jason said. Enjoy your summer. Enjoy vacation. Enjoy all of those moments and be mindful of what God is doing in your heart and in your life. It's not either or, it's both and. Amen? So let's pray together this morning, then we're going to jump into our groups and have some discussion. Father, we thank you so much, God, first of all, that you put this word, God, into Peter almost 2,000 years ago. And yet, Lord, as we begin to open it up afresh and anew for us as a church family over this summer, God, it is 100% applicable, God, to our lives and to the season that we're in. And so, Father, we pray, Lord, that you would stir the soil of our hearts, God. Lord, if there's any hard or fallow ground, God, that place, Lord, where we're just not giving you room to work in, God, we just invite you today to come and to to break up that ground, Lord, so that the seed of your word as it is cast into our hearts, God, Lord, as we read it, as we discuss it, Lord, as we meditate on it, God, that it would find good soil to go into and produce a beautiful harvest, God. And so, Lord, today we just invite you as a church right here at River Valley, God. We just say, come and do your work in our hearts and lives, God. Today, throughout this summer, Lord, as we engage with your word, Lord, in a a little bit of a different way, God, where we pray that you would do supernatural things in us, Lord. And Lord, we are asking for the metanoia, the transformation of our minds, the way that we think, God, Lord, in light and reflection of your word. Lord, we just thank you for it, God. We begin this summer with anticipation, God, of what you're going to do and how you're going to be glorified in our lives, Lord. And Lord, today as we discuss together in our groups, Lord, would you just draw our hearts ever forward in that, God, of expectation of how you're going to move in us. Lord, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.